0: Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. In May, the health unit says there were between one and four deaths. There were also close to 30 emergency room visits where a drug overdose was suspected. None of this counts for the police and ambulance calls. Those are some of the highest numbers we have seen since a year ago. As you will hear in this interview, Dane Record, the executive director of the Peterborough AIDS Resource Network, will tell you he's not surprised. In his role with the halliburton Kawartha Lakes and Northumberland drug strategy, he sees it firsthand. The group has faced a low profile during the pandemic. It did a lot of work from 2016 to 2019 after it received a $285,000 grant to create a strategy to help battle the opioid crisis locally. A public meeting was held in Port Hope last week. It is the first time in three years. You will want to hear how it went and what was said. And you will be interested in its plans going forward as local activists and leaders work to find solutions to the crisis. I'm so pleased to welcome back Dan Record, executive director of PARN, that's the Peterborough AIDS Resource Network. Glad to have you back on Consider This Northumberland. Thank you for welcoming me back. Hello, everybody. I want to talk to you today in your role with the Halliburton-Kawartha Lakes Northumberland Drug Strategy. And I was wondering if you could describe the current situation as it pertains, what some people would call a drug crisis or the opioid crisis in Northumberland County. Sure.
1: Uh, so the the HKLN drug strategy, just to just to shorten it, um, has been around for for a number of years and and a couple iterations. Um, right now, we are in um steering stage so just re-energizing and and getting things going as a steering committee Um, the drug strategy in hkln has been been around since about 2017 and was pretty active until covid hit Uh, the work that that the strategy does and strives to do is to to address the impacts of Opioid and drug-related poisonings in Halliburton, CORE, the Lakes, and Northumberland, and and really speaks um, in response, also in reaction to what we're seeing on the ground and in the community. Now, being being employed with Parn and and knowing the work that we've been doing, we have seen a an increase in drug-related poisonings and opioid-related harms. Uh, since 2018, we have seen a fair number of of um, poisonings and and suspected drug- related poisonings where we have been contacted afterward um, and asked to provide some some insight and advice. And so with the reenergizing of the drug strategy, um, Parn is, Taking the role as the, um, one of the, I'd say one of the, the frontline know-it-alls as we continue to learn what's happening and what the trends are in, in the three counties.
0: I guess the word that really stands out for me is the notion that this is a crisis within our community. Do you think that's a fair characterization?
1: You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it as as crisis with with a large C, but I would view it and deem it as something that that is certainly something of of an emergency what we're having is that folks are experiencing harm, experiencing um, drug-related poisonings and and just drug-related interactions where organizations such as, you know, Parn, um, police services, um, hospitals and health units and such are coming in, coming together, getting involved in and saying, hey, look, what what else is going on here? Um, the crisis as it is um, provincially, you know, the the latest data that came out was saying that young people have experienced opioid related poisonings, triple the rate as as the last marker in 2011. Now, you know, it's been quite a while, but it also speaks a lot to you know, what is happening and what we are seeing in the communities and our respective communities. We are seeing situations where um, young folks or younger folks are exiting care. So may may, for example, be um, um, wards of the state and are ill equipped with the resources to to. Have a greater quality of life, and so anything that that would have been been kept and harbored for why there may have been um, a situation of of being a child of the state, we now see it when we're addressing and responding to harms. We're seeing where we're having incidents of of um younger folks and and older folks um, interacting and connecting, not always in in the kindest of ways. But, you know, looking at at some of those root matters, you know, we talk about and we're talking about um, the drug strategy, opioid related harms. But we're also we're also having to have greater discussions about um, the impact of insecure housing. And and the the impact of, of the economy and inflation, it's not just where, you know, I chat a lot about younger people the last minute or so. But we're seeing the impacts right across the community, right across the spectrum where we're having families um, of, of many different types, be it traditional, nuclear chosen, um, where. Where the impacts of of the economy, of the communities, um, of just some of the the discrimination related to um, maybe being being a person using drugs or being a person who who may be in in care and and being assisted, um, we're seeing some of those impacts as we dig deeper. Unfortunately, we see it um, play out um in the form of um a drug poisoning
0: you've made two important points i want to make sure i understand them the the first point that you seem to be making was that there was uh factors related back to um children's aid societies and the care of young people as as they are moving out of the care of children's aid societies or other institutions and coming back into society. And that's having an impact on the number of people who are using drugs and uh, are being affected by overdose and and death. And the second point I heard you make was about um, the economic factors that are impacting people overall and therefore may be contributing to more people using drugs. Did I understand those two points correctly or was I mistaken?
1: No, you under you understand, and I own what I what what I offered. Um, what I want to make clear, though, is that is that when I'm talking about um, young folks and and the younger um, harms that we're seeing, it's not just limited to um, folks exiting care, younger folks exiting care, um, but when we do look at you know who are we interacting with. Uh, we do see that there there is and there has been a a history of of whether it be um, mental health, substance use history, be it directly or um, just through family familial um, circumstances, and yeah, when we're when we're out and about, it just you know, the the impacts on. On young folks with relation to you know, how did you get to this point? Uh, we we do see it played out, and and we do receive that uh, firsthand um, knowledge that you know, uh, I just got out of care, or was or was previously in, and this is how I'm. This is how I'm uh, getting getting well or getting better um, throughout the day, throughout their days. And then talking about um, economy, economics and such, look at, like, if we were to say five years ago that the cost of living, the cost to rent an apartment is at a competitive rate as existing units in the big city in Toronto and such, um, five years ago, I would have said, no way, we are seeing that now. And so for folks who who are looking for places to, just in the context of what, what we're talking about here, looking for, looking whether to maintain their space or to move into a space that is achievable, affordable, equitable, to do whatever it is, that that one needs to do for the quality of life, it is not easy. It's not easy to um, to secure a place. It's not easy to um, even if the place is secure, maintain um, the place. Um, and so some of that, some of that when when it all gets tied up with with anything else that's happening in one's life, hopelessness. Um, could well wind up uh, being a factor to why we exist, why the drug strategy exists. Sometimes folks are just like, it's better to just numb the pain by any means. And one of the ways is why we exist. We, we address the, the injection drug use, the inhalation use, we do speak about um, alcohol and cannabis use too, but at a lesser degree, and and we we talk about opioids because this is what we're seeing in our communities, and this is why we have, and have had um, conversations in and around community.
0: In May, the health unit says there were between one and four deaths in our region. And there were also close to 30 emergency room visits where a drug overdose was suspected in that same period. None of this counts for the police or the ambulance calls. So those are some of the highest numbers we've seen since almost a year ago. This year, a steady rise in the number of cases is coming into emergency rooms. In terms of trends, how do you interpret those statistics? What does it have you concerned about? What do you? Is it got you thinking about?
1: thing that thing that's concerning is is just the the data itself just as you noted but something that does give me hope is that um you know the drug strategy as, as it is and as it's being um reinvigorated the conversations are are coming back to to the community the input the expertise are are returning to the folks who Live it and do it, um, it being the work. And so even with the, the numbers um, being as illustrated, what I'm hopeful about are the opportunities that, that come with hearing from um, the folks on the front lines that we may not see, see and hear about. Who have the experience? Who know how to respond to uh, drug-related harms? Who know how to um, intervene and intercept when there's when there's a situation where where an individual uh, may experience a crisis or may experience harm? It's important as as we we all do this work, and and it really is us all. Um, this is inclusive of you me those of us on the front line and also the residents um it 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 really is important for us to to be understanding and listen to the experiences and and the expertise of the folks who are who are you know living in our neighborhoods who are responding to and, and really helping to prevent loss, prevent death. Um, what I'm really hopeful of, just judging from the, the conversation last week, I'm sure we'll get to that, um, is that there will be more forums and more opportunities to, to receive that expertise so we can, going forward, have a greater holistic response to... Um, drug-related harms and and opioid overdoses in uh, in the H K L N region.
0: Before we talk about the more recent activities, um, the drug strategy received two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in a Trillium Foundation grant to start the work in twenty sixteen, and it was a three-year project. When you look back, what were the tangible results that were manifest? from that three-year project, what changed? Certainly, so during that time, uh, being able to have
1: to have a, a dedicated coordinator to, to work on the strategy, so to provide direction and insight and expertise to other service providers on how to do the work better, uh, that went a really long way in providing a coordinated response in the in the hkln region Uh, what's really come come out of that as well uh, something that was a great success is that while there is the the one strategy that i'm speaking of here there's a number of of other strategies other working groups and committees um, that are happening in in more than one county so just in in northumberland alone like when I when I think about uh, some of the work happening with the Northumberland Drug User Group, um, some of the work happening with you know Greenwood Coalition and, and their continuous um, advocacy and grassroots um, leadership in in town and community, um, these aren't because of the of the grant, um, but it certainly helped illuminate for. The folks, like the service providers and the service organizations, really illuminated um, the the existing efforts for us to be able to do some coordinated work. I, I I would be remiss to to not mention some of the work that's happening in in um, in the Northeast, so in Halliburton County, the amount of work that that is happening and and the amount of um, success that folks are not seeing um, it's not because nobody's talking about it it's because we're, we're not out there as often as we as we can be but again if it wasn't for for opportunities such as having one dedicated coordinator to to really take a look at the lay of the land the trends in the community and and the service connections we wouldn't know what's happening in other areas. It could well have been just a, oh, it's just a 401 corridor. We'll just leave it alone. But we're talking about a coordinated effort here. And, and yeah, from from 2016 and forward, uh, we just continue to see that success. I know organizationally, um, Parn has seen, seen quite an increase in, in our service ability uh, going from one worker one harm reduction worker working two and three counties to having now one worker dedicated to working in coordination with other organizations in each county
0: and that brings me to Something that was really interesting I found in a 2019 report that was done uh, that was to summarize uh, what had happened uh, during this uh, three-year project and things that you mentioned, themes that you mentioned, it specifically said in Northumberland that there was better service coordination and better integration and engagement of people with lived experience and that the services and interventions targeting children and youth, that is education, um, were big steps forward. you were as you were talking. I was I was trying to understand it, and I guess my question here is: is that has this been maintained? Is this still in place as as you're coming back? Because I want to talk a bit about this comeback. But have you been able to maintain things, or have these gains been lost? How would you characterize it? Sure, uh,
1: great question. Um, things have been maintained, and in a number of aspects, they have been um, greatly improved um, with the with the introduction of of additional voices, um, the amplifying of, of folks with lived experience, and and proactively welcoming and inviting, and, and really asking for the expertise to be part of. The not just planning tables, but implementation tables. This is a strategy um, where we are all learning how to be greater communicators, be better collaborators, and and work in um, coordination with uh, the health unit, um, with emergency services, police, inclusive, and also working with with you know local governments just to to. Um, communicate and make the the work that is happening make that a priority item it's no longer and and at the time it wasn't a back burner you know page six item this is something now where we're getting serious and and we're really looking at ways to to address, harm reduction as part of a public health crisis in our communities.
0: There's that word crisis again, it seems to keep coming back into the conversation. I want to talk a bit about the impact of COVID because I know that was a seminal event that uh, had impacted the drug strategy. Can you describe what happened during the pandemic that changed things for the the drug strategy and its initiatives?
1: Sure, so some adjustments that happened, um, number, a number of organizations scaled back a little bit, uh, not to say that, that organizations ceased services or service delivery, uh, but just adjusted the way that, that we, we were delivering our work. And so um, what was happening was that there were a fair bit more, more conversations happening, you know, Zoom environment, we're here having a conversation virtually. We were doing a lot of those, and and a lot more frequently, and and inviting a lot of, of community folks, uh, community experts into the narratives in order to um, know what to do and where to go. Um, much of much of what what organizations um, were able to do with with success was uh, be guided by uh, by local local folks, local communities to to proactively and, and in some cases reactively respond to some of the issues that were happening. You know, when we talk about um, the the number of years that it took for for Coburg to install um, a Sharps kiosk, you know, that was a lot of that deep work was happening during COVID, um, during lockdown period, and, you know, as we as we were starting to poke our heads out it's when we were able to um, install a kiosk and you know it all came from continuing to go out do the work as best as we can as safely as we can um but not stopping just adjusting the way we 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 were in
0: service so, how would you describe then the current form of the drug strategy? Who are the people that may are working on this now, and how how is it how is it functioning now? Sure. So, currently, um,
1: we're in steering committee. We're we're in a steering committee phase. So, um, getting things really up and going. Um, look, I safe to say that we're we're going forward. Um, it's a team, or it's a Strategy made up rather of um, a number of police services, a number of police organizations uh, local to HKLN, um, including OPP. Uh, we have the the health unit, HKPR, uh, district health unit that that's in the mix. We have um, a number of of clinical organizations, clinical agencies that are involved, and, and then we have, and then we have. We have um, other social service agencies such as um, and Parn and, and Transition House and, and other organizations um, who, who are involved, be it directly or indirectly, but have a, a genuine interest in um, not just addressing, but uh, working actively to be a strong assist in preventing death related to opioids and drug-related poisonings.
0: Just last week, the drug strategy group held a community conversation at Port Hope High School. Can you tell us what was the substance of that meeting and what public input did you get?
1: Sure. So in, in fairness, I was not able to, to attend myself. Um, I so, just for folks, I live in in Ajax and Pickering, and on that day there was a lot happening with traffic. But what I am aware of is that there was a community conversation that took place, um, where where the health unit, um, Doctor Bocking, and um, police chief, police chief for Port Hope Police, and, and um, a number of a uh, number of committee members and and other members of staff, uh, sorry, in the community, were able to to have conversation and and field some questions directly from the community. So, if there were like if there were any any concerns or any uh, rumors that that would have been up and about related to you know. Why is this happening in our area? Why is this the first time we're hearing it? Or some debunking of some some of the information regarding um, overdose prevention and and um. Can I have some to catch up. to- And pop up prevention opportunities. Um, last week was the forum to to have those discussions. Um, we continue to to get um, dribs and drabs I'm of of info but um, overall it was it was a good conversation and and certainly not the last conversation that that uh, will be engaging with the with the community it is worth noting that um, this was a conversation that happened in in port hope we have a number of other municipalities that that we want to have conversations with directly with the residents because you know, If we're having this conversation in Port Hope and Coburg's right next door and it may be similar but different, we want to hear directly from, from the folks out there. And so last week was just one of a number of opportunities to engage directly with the public so the public can um, have a meaningful stake in in the work that we strive to do.
0: Recently, a group of local activists started a harm reduction service on Fridays, and there was a huge outcry and a fierce community debate. Did anyone associated with the drug strategy become involved in this initiative? No.
1: Why I will not? say this, though. I will say this, though, on on, on the side of Parn. Parn. Parn was aware that this was happening. Uh, we, we found out after the fact, and like we were aware that it was it was being conducted led uh, by folks with lived experience local to the community who didn't want to see any harms um, being inflicted on their on their friends and loved ones and so organizationally, we're just like okay what is needed from what is needed from Parn and it's not we've just we've just done what we needed to do as we've been asked uh, by the organizers and really it's just make sure that folks know that there are there are drug poisonings there are opioid related harms happening in their local community it's not a peterborough thing it's not a toronto thing like this is happening in our next doors.
0: Well, I'm, I guess what I'm asking you, though, is—is—is is, is that the kind of? Uh, how About, I'll let you. I'll let you deal with that. No, oh, no, go on. It's okay. There, it's going to be always. So, go on. Okay. I guess what I'm trying to get at is—is—is is, is it something that would be endorsed by the drug strategy to take those kinds of steps?
1: Oh, okay, okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm not going to answer that question. It's not not a question that I that I can answer fairly or unbiased. And so I'm going to I'm not going to respond to that one.
0: More police arrests related to drugs are taking place. Just this past weekend uh, in uh, our area, we had someone pulled over and a police charged the individual with offenses related to drugs and drug trafficking. So people are worried, yet they're not sure what to do. What would you suggest to people? What steps can they take in the community to start to address these kinds of concerns?
1: Um let the police do their job. And when there's when when there's activity that's happening, uh, police aren't necessarily going going around trying to arrest people, community safety is, is one of one of the mandates of of police organizations especially of community police organizations um but when we do hear of of you know these these situations these instances it gives us a moment to think well how do we prevent this from happening and the answer i have for you is I, i do not know what i do know is that we have we have a continuing demand for um, for drug use equipment. Um, we do have communities who, who now know um, who to connect with to, to access uh, their supplies, their equipment, uh, their tools, whatever they need. And what we know is that we can only move as as quickly as we can to prevent opioid-related harms and drug-related poisonings.
0: But, Prevention but isn't, that, is, isn't that what we were just talking about a second ago, is harm reduction, is people taking yeah. action for harm reduction? I mean, isn't that something that should be taking place in our community?
1: Absolutely, and, and people should be pushing to, to promote Harm reduction in 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 their areas. Um, folks looking for for more information on you know, whether there's um, consumption activity, uh, be it sanctioned or unsanctioned, um, look for it from an informational piece as opposed to a a policing issue. Like it's not about calling the cops because there's a tent down the street. Police have better things to do in many respects. That's a bylaw thing. But if we're talking about, if it's a conversation about, about trafficking trafficking and violence where, you know, where drug activity may be connection, call in the right folks. Uh, but as a strategy, um, we're here to prevent, harm, promote harm reduction, and and encourage community safety and continuous communication through ongoing research.
0: So from the public standpoint, then, what can we expect to see in Northumberland in the coming days, weeks, and months from the Drug Strategy Group?
1: Yeah, more information is coming along. We're moving as quickly as we can to um, provide some, some insight and education. Um, the... The communication outlets are are to be determined. But certainly with a with number of, of opportunities coming up, uh, I, I do need to mention World Hepatitis Day, uh, where we'll be doing um, hepatitis C prevention, testing and education. That's happening July 28th. International Overdose Awareness Day is happening August 31st. And that's going to be happening in a number of communities in, in the HKLN region, where community residents and other folks can have conversations with, with other folks, folks like myself, to, to ask the questions that, that they're looking for. Why is this happening in my community? How do I prevent overdose? Where do I get an naloxone kit? Tell me about how I can be supportive. Um, a number of, of opportunities um, that folks can engage in immediately Uh, But from the strategy, um, we're we're working on that and we'll be providing uh, some communication in the coming months.
0: Dane Record, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. You're
1: very welcome. Have yourself a good one.
0: That was Dane Record, the Executive Director of the Peterborough AIDS Resource Network. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today.